Greetings and welcome to episode number 60 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have a repeat guest today by the name of Catherine LeMandry. She is an online business manager. We had her on for episode 28, if you remember. Um, But in this conversation, we really talk about how to identify which skills will help you create your freelance career, in a sense. We talk about all kinds of career advice, including networking, delegation, leadership, scalability, becoming a member of a team, the difference between a freelance or independent uh, mindset versus the employee mindset, and how that can be both a a benefit and a deterrent for certain projects. So it's really chock full. Catherine's one of my dearest friends and one of my favorite entrepreneurship colleagues, you could say, in San Diego. And it's really, this is basically what we talk about on dog walks uh, on a weekly basis. So enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have repeat guest, Catherine LeMandry, everyone's favorite redhead in the flesh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to have you back. If you guys remember, Catherine was a guest on episode number 28, but maybe you haven't listened to that episode yet. In which case, Catherine, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you started? Yes. I'm Catherine LeMandry. I am an online business manager. And what I do is online business management, which most people don't know what that is. But essentially what it is, is my elevator pitch, if you will, is I just uh, do consulting for small businesses. And I help small businesses and entrepreneurs run and do the things on the back end of their business that they don't have the skill set for or the time to do. Love that stuff. Can you give us an example of the gamut of clients that you get to work with? What industries? It is truly a gamut. I have a golf client, which is in alignment with one of my passions. Um, That's my one brick and mortar that I have. I have one client who's a lawyer, another who's a business coach. I have a small business association that I work with and just a handful of others. I just uh, took on a hotel. So it, it truly is a gamut of clients. And Catherine and I know each other here locally from San Diego. Um, so this is an easy breezy conversation for us. We joke sometimes on dog walks or like, we should just bring the microphone with us and just record <laughs> this because this is probably good things for people to know. And I just had this conversation on the last episode with Lisette about how important it is to kind of be in touch with people in your circles and constantly be talking about what's going on and as an entrepreneur, how your business evolves. And I think that I kind of want to take this episode in a different direction. And instead of talk about marketing and branding necessarily, talk about entrepreneurship in a way of like striking that balance between an individual business owner and being part of a team. You have that where you've got your business and you work with some clients one-on-one and you work with some clients in the team capacity. So what do you feel like is that fine line between I'm an individual versus I'm part of a bigger solution or are they always more team mentality based? It's different with each client. And like you said, I'm an individual. I'm an entrepreneur just on my own, but I'm the one team member that my clients have, or I'm one of the multiple team members that my clients have, depending on what capacity I'm working with them in. And so that's what I think is really kind of cool about it. And then with each client, you know, sometimes they treat me more like their employee, and sometimes they treat me more like I'm the godsend, <laughs> which is right. Those, those ones are more fun to work with. But, you know, just a true team member who's contributing to whatever they have going on and whatever their needs are, and that's truly supporting them on a day to day basis in their business. Right. And you have that employee experience that I do not because I started my business in college and then never went for a full-time job, never submitted a resume anywhere. Um, But tell us about that switch from that employee mindset to entrepreneurship mindset, because that can also be a point of conflict for a lot of people. It definitely can be. And I worked as an event planner for a college football game for 13 years. And that was my first and only job out of college. But it is a it is a very different mindset when you are an employee, and I think that's you know, one of the reasons that I was so excited to leave that job and become an entrepreneur is because I wanted to be my own boss. And it's funny when with my clients now, when that type of employee vibe starts to creep up, that's where 
the boundaries kind of come in. And, you know, sometimes you just have to take it and go with the flow and get whatever needs to get done, you know, let it get done. Um, But there's also, and I think we talked about this in the last episode of like having those boundaries of where, you know, you're teaching your clients how they need to treat you. And it's, it's a different mentality than if you are salaried and you're expected to answer the phone outside of normal working hours. And it's little things that I, you know, I definitely recommend for anybody who's an entrepreneur putting out contracts is my office hours are nine to five, Monday through Mm -hmm. Friday, Monday through Thursday, or whatever it is. And that they can't expect to contact you outside of those times and how you want to be contacted. Are they allowed to text you? Are they allowed, you know, maybe be on Voxer and they can contact you on Voxer and they never actually got your phone number, you know? So there's definitely ways there to create boundaries for yourself to maintain your entrepreneurship while you are still working with other people. Absolutely. I think that the big pain point of that is communication, of course, boundaries, but also delegation. And maybe you can kind of give some examples of like a task that was delegated to you well, and then contrast that with things that, that don't work for your specific workflow. Like I can think of things like this for me, right? Like if someone says, you know, I want you to design my brand. I'm like, yeah, of course. But there also can't be, I can't just like take make something out of nothing. Like there still needs to be some input there. And then if I'm delegating something to my team, my thing is I want to give them as much raw materials as possible to so that I'm prepping them to give me the result I'm expecting. So I use the I use the analogy of like you're going to bake a, a cake, right? So you have a client and they're like bake me a cake and you're like great. What ingredients do you like? Because right. you have to know what you're right. starting with because I can go bake a strawberry cake, give it to the client and then say no, I really wanted chocolate. It's like, well, where was the conversation about you wanting chocolate? Because if I had known that information, I wouldn't have made you a strawberry cake. Does that happen to you a lot? I feel like it does. Well, we're good friends. So you would know that I want a chocolate cake instead of a strawberry cake. But yeah, it absolutely does. And it's one of the biggest things we can do as anytime we're working with our clients or even when we are delegating work ourselves, it's that fine line between fully understanding what the other person needs and them trusting you to do the work and know their vision and see their vision. So if you do that work up front and you fully understand, that's when they say, Hey, I think I had a conversation earlier today. My client called me and said, Hey, I think I want to change the special. I go, I was just going to call you. I think we should change it. We were on the same page. And he just went, okay, run with it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't need to see it. Just send me the email before it goes out. You know, and it's that type of stuff where I thrive versus if he said, come up with something and figure it out. And then I send it to them. And this has definitely happened to me before when the client doesn't explain to you what they actually want. So when you give it to them, they say, well, I don't know what this is. And I know that you, I'm sure run into this, especially with artwork because people have, they have a vision of what they want. And they just assume because you're an expert in the field that you can read their mind. Um, And that's the thing is like, then it comes back and now you're having to redo the work because they weren't clear about what they wanted up front. And I think, again, that's that fine line between communicating and micromanaging. Yeah. Because you hired me to do the work. So let me do the work. But if I say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z from you. I, that means that I need answers. I'm asking you those questions because I need the answers. I don't need you to handhold me, but I do need guidance or an outline the same way that, you know, you do when you're doing graphics. Like you wouldn't just say, Hey, I wouldn't say, Hey, Michelle, like the entire rainbow is my color palette. Go for it. Exactly. Exactly. We got to put some parameters on it. I think if we think about it as a spectrum, right from Mm -hmm. most independence and freedom to least independence and freedom. You have someone who's just does leadership where they say, here's the big picture mission. Here's the big picture goal. And I'm going to lead everyone towards this goal. And they can come at at their own conclusion um, on how that that goal gets accomplished. There's delegation, which is kind of the middle of the spectrum, which is like, hey, this is the goal, but also this is the specific task that I'm going to assign to you to get done the best way that you see fit to align with the goal. And that's like mid-tier independence. And then the bottom tier independence is like micromanagement. I'm going to show you exactly what I want. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. I'm going to tell you exactly what tools you need to use. I'm going to tell you exactly when it needs to be done by. And I don't really want your opinions about it. I just I just want to watch you do it, basically. And that spectrum is really kind of a tightrope to walk. 
especially in like a service-based business. Do you agree? It is in this. And I think the frustration is when they think they're in the middle, but Mm -hmm. they're actually micromanaging you. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no breathing room there. And I think that that, that can definitely be like, I heard the other day, like frustration is when like, um, reality doesn't meet expectation. And that's Mm -hmm. where frustration comes from. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so true because you think, Hey, I just put this killer product together. And then the person goes, Oh, that's not what I wanted. Or that's not what I asked for, but it is what they asked for. It's your version of what they asked for mm-hmm. and, you know, just coming and getting more clarity. And that's where we can learn. Like we've all had clients like this before, or we've all had like people we've hired. I've had people that I've hired where I was like, this is a disconnect. Like this isn't what we discussed. Like, what do I need to do to get you there? Absolutely. And that's, you have to learn that about yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. Like some Absolutely. projects or yeah. some, some individuals do really, really well with like, yeah, just give me the high level goal and let me knock it out of the park. And I'll right. kind of get to that conclusion. I'll, I'll do my own research. I'll do my own process. And that for us is mostly the brand design process. I'd say it's really like less than 15% of the time that the logo design that we present that the client like wants to change it completely. Like pretty much for the most part, our batting average is we're hitting the nail on the head. Now, when it comes to like social media or merchandise or other projects that kind of fall outside of that brand design scope, those can kind of be hit or miss and not hit or miss because it's anyone's fault really, but because there's more room for interpretation. So tell us a little bit about opportunities in your business that you're like, oh, I could do this with my eyes closed. And then a project where it took a little bit more give and take from a client. Do it with the eyes closed stuff is I do social media management for some of my clients. Mm -hmm. But even on that, like I have a client who he really allows me to be kind of like sarcastic and he's like, it works, just Mm -hmm. do it. You know? And that to me is like, that's really fun. And when I know what the, you know, like you said too, it's like knowing the guidance, that's what makes it fun for me. I'm also like, I think Dubsado build outs and website build outs are really fun. And a lot of people think I'm insane. And that's why people hire me to do those things for them because I love the intricate, like nerdiness of a Dubsado build out. But again, it's like, I tell them, here's everything I need from you ahead of time. And then we sit there and I go, here it is. And then Uh there's usually, you know, a few back and forths after that of tweaks or fixes here and there. But that kind of stuff to me is like very successful. And you can get, you know, an entire website built out for somebody in a day. And it's exactly what they needed. And they're happy. And I'm happy. And we go on their merry ways or it's, you know, an ongoing client where we do something like that. But then on the flip side, I've definitely had things where the expectation and the reality are misses. And that's where you have to go back and say, Hey, let's sit down and have a conversation about this. And it's not like a, you know, can I give you some feedback (laughs) conversation? It's just like, what's our, like, let's talk about the goal again and let's see how we need to get how to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, and sometimes too, it's like different personalities and different backgrounds. You've done things differently. Like you learn how to operate differently. And I just had this happen actually earlier today, we we're having a conversation and they said, this isn't how you do it. And I said, well, that's your experience on how you've done that. But in my experience, I've done literally the exact same end goal project. But from my experience working in sports is we did it a little bit uh, of a different way to get from point A to point B. And it doesn't mean either one of them's wrong. It's just me having to go, okay, cool. So do you want me to do it your way now? Cause that's cool. But I will also offer you my expertise from the way I learned it. Totally. It's the same thing with design. There's no one right answer of what you should do for your logo. There's a thousand right answers and you'll make yourself crazy. If you spend your whole months and months and months and months, like critiquing every single thing of your logo design, because also like your logo can't be all the things at once. Like I get clients that come to me sometimes that they're like, I just want, I just want to love it. And I was like, well, People also say that about like wedding dresses. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe there's a chance that you put on a dress and you're like, this is the one, this is the dress I'm going to get married in. But there's also probably a chance where you're like, it's a dress, you know, like it's not so much about the actual physical dress, but like, how do we kind of bridge that gap? And as, as entrepreneurs, service providers, like how do you kind of guide the client through that experience is, is part of like what makes you the entrepreneur good at your job, right? Is like, 
not only having a process, but being able to manage those expectations to, you know, do a 180 when things aren't going right, to ask the right kinds of questions. But I think that those are all qualities of a good team member too. Because like I consider myself like on my client's team, air quotes. Yes. Right. Like I am on your branding team. Like we're working together. This isn't just a hi, I'd like a hamburger and I give you your hamburger and you're off off the rest of your way. Right. Um, so what do you think are some of the qualities that make someone a good team member, if you can think to like the teams that you really enjoy being on or the brands that you like working for, what do you feel like you're like, wow, that person really did that well. I'm going to replicate that. I think clarity is mm-hmm. clarity and communication are the number like one and two, they're actually both the same to me is clarity and communication of understanding what's important. And kind of like what you just said about the logos, I think people get hung up on the visual representation or what they put the meaning behind. Like my logo is me. And it's like, no, you're you, you and your business is its business. Now, depending on how you choose to like integrate those things, like I'm not my business. My business is what I do. And that's fine for me. But I think that people get so hung up and it's like, you can have the prettiest Instagram feed in the world, but if you're incompetent at your job, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Or just mm-hmm. because you have a hundred thousand followers doesn't mean you actually know what you're doing, right? or that you and, actually make money, like or make any this, money, or, right? Yeah. There's this great fallacy of like, and I think that this is something that the social media of it all has perpetuated is the idea that like you've got to do all these things to be successful, or in order to do this, blah, blah, blah. it's very sales languagey, right? Like, how much of a big deal was it? Were you seeing everyone on Instagram being like a 10k month, like? Five oh, figure yeah. month, five figure month, yeah. six figure year. And it's like, I really hope that I can make more than six figures. Like, why are we putting this on a benchmark all of a sudden? And I think it's well, and also like sorry, so distracting. No, you're good. It's so distracting because yeah. it's like it's missing the point of why we're doing it. I don't know. That's just like one of my marketing pet peeves. Do you have other ones? Well, that that one drives me nuts, especially because and look, we live in California, so like ten thousand dollars a month. Ain't gonna mm-hmm. cut it. Like and we mm-hmm. we live in like in San Diego, right? So it's definitely like a privileged thing to say, but it is something where like I mean, a hundred thousand dollars in a lot of other states is a lot of money, and like good for you that you're kicking ass and making ten grand a month, like or or more, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that you know with the marketing stuff, I don't appreciate it when it's it's separating people or it's showing it's a lot of entrepreneurs think I should be doing X, Y, or Z. I should be making 10 grand a month and Mm -hmm. I'm not. And so they Mm -hmm. try and do all these things or they should be hiring on people when they don't have the capacity or kind of like me, I haven't hired somebody and I need, I do need to, and I'm in that process right right now. And And I'm in that growth phase. And, but I think that that's, you know, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts, or there's along the lines of the marketing and what I like and don't like about working with like certain, you know, the qualities of clients is like understanding what makes sense for them. Because as you know, with reels and TikTok, those trends, they come and go so quickly. And some people are like, hey, could we replicate this? And I said, yeah, we can like, go ahead and do it. And we'll post it. Yeah, if you can do it in the next two hours, like you can do it today. But we're not going to do this in four weeks from now. Yeah. No. And like understanding where those benchmarks are for their business. Like if you look at my Instagram account, um, my friends laugh and they DM me and they're like, do you just golf? Like, is that all you do? Because I tend to just post that a lot because, and look, we might not agree on this, which is fine. But like, I don't feel like I constantly have to be promoting my business on Instagram because I'm really holding like holding the fork down right now. And like, as I grow, yeah, I'll be posting more. But on the accounts that I manage, we post three to four times a week, we're posting stories and all those things as well. But it's just finding that balance of what makes the most sense for your business. Like, but also Instagram is not the end all be all. It's not not the only marketing tool people. It's not the only marketing channel. It's not the only tool. It's not the only place where your audience is. It's not the only place to get clients. It's not the only place to be seen. Like there are so many more facets of that. And I think that like the more I get into branding, the more we get into social media marketing as well as like, is having an Instagram account important, Mm, give or take the platform has completely changed. Um, but really like, again, what is that high level goal? Is the goal to have 50,000 followers or is the goal to have 
$500,000 in your bank account. Like, again, like the two things are kind of, everybody wants to kind of put Instagram on this thing of it being this, it's not what it was, number one. And number two, like, it can be whatever you want it to be based on your effort. But look at just the the time expense and the return on your time of sinking that much of your energy into a platform if it's not bringing you leads. If it's bringing you leads, that's one thing. That's if it's a place totally for different. you to connect to your clients, if it's a place for you to talk to your community, if you feel like you're getting return. But like, I'll call myself out. I put so much effort into my Instagram to get minimal returns. I put barely any effort into my TikTok. I get maximal returns. Like I post about a service on TikTok, on Instagram. It gets, of my 12,000 followers that I've grown for the last eight years, totally organically, get seen by 400 people, post the same content over to my TikTok, 60,000 views, 15 sales. Like I've got to go where the data is. And it like, it hurts me. It pains me because I love Instagram. And like, I loved Instagram for what it was for my business three years ago, but it's just not where it's not a good use of my time. And I think as an entrepreneur, we have to constantly be auditing our effort against our return. Like, because we also have to rest. (laughs) We also have to take a break and play golf and go to the beach and enjoy it because What's the point of working so hard if you can't do any of those things? There's none. Like I definitely work to live. I don't live to work. Like I love what I do. I love the people I get to work with. I and what's neat is I get to meet so many different people and that's mm-hmm. a huge benefit. And um but I think what people are missing the boat on especially with putting so much effort into Instagram or even TikTok is that or Facebook what depending how old you are is that these the stuff's not real. Like there's yeah, they're real people, but like it's artificial. And just because somebody like there we all have those stories of like, oh hey, this person was so cool. And like now we're friends because and I know you've like hired people because you met them on totally. like Clubhouse and totally. stuff. Right. And like that stuff is real. But at the end of the day, like putting your phone down, leaving your house, going and having like coffee with a friend who's an entrepreneur or a business owner or your mentor or like just getting out. It's the same with dating, right? You're not like, unless mm-hmm. you're on an app, you're not going to meet anybody sitting on your couch. You're going to leave your house. And so those are the things too. And I think people miss the the qualities of like having an elevator pitch or understanding like, how do you explain what you do? Because I mean, as superficial as it is, and I've been trying to get out of this habit is we say, oh, hey, Michelle, nice to meet you. So what do you do? It's how we kick off the podcast, of course. Right. Well, it is because you were introducing me to folks. Right. But like, I think it's the number one thing people ask. And it's, you know, as business owners, we need to be able to say, here's what I do mm-hmm. and be able to offer solutions with, without being like slimy. And I mean, there's nothing like somebody being like, oh, that's so cool, Catherine. Well, here's my business card if you ever need insurance. I and mean, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> oh, it's the same. It's the same feeling we get when like an MLM girly hits you up in the DMs mm-hmm. and it's like, like you yeah. would love my product that you've never expressed any interest in trying. It's like, okay, go bother someone else, right? It's yucky. I think that, I don't know if it's a generational thing. Maybe it is. I feel like people have really lost their touch on what it means to network. Well, that's because they don't know how to talk to each other. That's part of it. The pandemic didn't help, obviously. No. But pre-pandemic, you and I co-hosted a networking group mm-hmm. here in North County. Yeah. I was super active in San Diego whenever I was coming home between trips. I tried to go out to events, tried to go meet people, tried to get my name out there, like ask people to coffee, like you're saying. Um, What do you feel like if you could give anyone advice on on how to actually network in a productive relationship building way, not a sales way? Because I think there's a difference. How would you recommend somebody who's never, quote unquote, networked in their life to like start doing that? The first thing I would do is find a group that doesn't have anything to do with what your business is. So, and like there's, there's meetups and Facebook groups. Like when I first became an entrepreneur, I joined like, you know, the San Diego entrepreneur meetup and I never went, but like it was there and there's, you know, Facebook groups and stuff where you can actually start meeting people and talking to people because so many times we we're not able to see the solution to our business, when, especially when it's just us, but also when we're talking to people that have the same pain points versus talking to people that have similar pain points in their setting, which like, yeah, I mean, working, talking to somebody who has a company with 10,000 people, I'm going to learn things from them that might not apply directly to me. 
but yet. there's creative solution yet. Yeah, exactly. But there's creative solutions that like, you're not going to think about and you realize like, Hey, a lot of businesses all have the same pain points, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like people and culture and, and companies and that type of thing. But that's why I'm able to have clients that are literally, I don't, none of my clients do the same thing. Everybody does something different. And that's a skill set that I have to be able to, because from my previous life of being an event manager and I was doing 13 different things at once. And so that's why I'm able to manage all the different types of work that they do under what yeah. I'm doing. I think networking is also about like playing the long game, mm-hmm. like realizing that you can have a conversation with someone that may not be relevant to you now or in two years from now, but maybe in six yeah. years from now. Like, Oh, I remember I talked to that one person once I got a text message last night from one of my roommates from study abroad who said, Michelle, I don't even have social media anymore, but I think I remember you live in San Diego. Are you free this weekend? I'm here. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. That. Yes. Amazing. Right. That kind of yeah. stuff. I think people are afraid to do that now because I think with social media, if you are on it, you feel like you have access to the sides of those people's lives that asking them to then go to coffee when you've already seen that they got engaged last month and they got a puppy and they moved into a new house. It's like, feels redundant. That makes me kind of sad. Well, and there's two sides of that. It's like, there there's those people that will just reach out. They're like, Hey, can we grab coffee? And I'm like, I don't know you. And, but then there's Mm -hmm. somebody that's like, Hey, I've been following you. Like, I'd really love to pick your brain about something. Like, would you be open to that? Or, you know, getting a mentor or something like that. And just, Asking and the other thing too is, you know, I think people assume because they're at a networking event, that means they actually have to like exchange information. Get business from it. And yes. get business. You don't. And what I love to do is when people talk to me about their businesses, is number one, listen to them mm-hmm. and under and ask questions. Cause I'm nerdy in the sense that I love like all the technical things. So if I meet you and you're a pilot, I'm gonna be like, let's sit down. I want to ask you all the questions about airplanes or like flight patterns or whatever. But I think what people forget to do is like say to somebody, that's really cool. Like that's so, you just landed a new client. Like good for you. Like what an accomplishment. And genuinely be happy for people because especially as you start out as an entrepreneur and you're using the Instagram or whatever you're using, the comparisonitis can really creep in and you you get like, well, they're doing this. I should be doing that. It's like, no, just do what works for you until it's not working. I mean, sometimes you really do need to change things, but understanding that like when you talk to somebody and have a valuable conversation, they're going to remember that over Mm -hmm. somebody who just was like, Hey, here's my business card. Like, give me a call. Let's grab a coffee. And you're just like, (laughs) you throw it in the trash. Like, yes, exactly. You know, we've all been to those events and you end up with a stack of business cards and you just take them out of your purse and throw them in the trash can. Throw them in the trash. Exactly. Because it's not, you're not creating a connection with anyone. Today's episode is brought to you by the number one Canva mock-up you're going to buy all year, which are my Canva editable social profile mock-ups. Building a brag-worthy brand for your clients means showing them exactly how you envision their visuals scaling from platform to platform. So I've created nine realistic Canva templates that you can use as mock-ups in your brand design or social media presentation for things like social media pitches, marketing game plans, brand design, the best part totally editable in Canva. We've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got TikTok, we have LinkedIn, Pinterest. There's nine of them in here for a whopping $27, which means that they're only $3 per template. It's going to save you oodles of time and it's going to be so professional and look so wonderful to your client to really give them the idea of how you see their brand coming to life. To take advantage of this, hit the link in today's show notes or go ahead and search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Good luck. Enjoy. And I love what you said about you've got to make it work for you. And if it's not working for you, reconsider. Because case in point, hello, case study numero uno over here. I hosted the whole podcast up to 50 episodes. And I have had so many conversations with you about like, I'm over it. I don't want to do it anymore. It's a time suck. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because like we weren't clear on the goal. And I think a lot of the comparison comes from, well, if I'm going to have a podcast, I want it to be a good podcast and I want to have good guests and I want it to be high energy and good questions and high listenership and all this stuff, which was a very self-serving goal. 
it wasn't actually serving the people that were listening. And so now the whole season two of the podcast is more about like, screw the metrics of it. Let's create an entire library of all the clients that we've worked with, get their input, interview people that are other professionals and actually get people in our circles, like into a new medium in a way that helps someone who's trying to be where we are. Right. So like, forget, let all that other stuff fall to the wayside, create a better system, interview the people that we've already worked with. They know our process. They know who we are. They know what we do well and just have a conversation and not try to make it this transactional thing and not try to make it a, well, then they'll post me and then I'll get more views and I'll get clients because of them. Mm -hmm. Like let all that stuff go and just make the kind of podcast that chronicles almost like a moment in time. Because I don't have another social that does that. That's really just kind of a time capsule. It's interesting. It's interesting, but I'm glad we picked it for season two, nonetheless. Um, but the whole strategy has has changed. Have you had to like 180 one of your services before? I mean, I've had to completely redo something. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, honestly, yeah, because when I left my old job, I was in a, I started an event planning company. And mm-hmm. in what, that was in fall Ju- 2019? June of 2019. Uh-huh. And, you know, that had to change. And so what ended up happening, and I don't remember if we'd covered this before, but I had two girlfriends that in August of 2020, they were like, you should become an online business manager. This is, they were both hiring them. They both were entrepreneurs themselves, had less left their corporate jobs and growing enough that they needed help. And they're like, we needed somebody that's like higher level than a VA that's going to come in and like, can do the books or like just be in all the pieces of the business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not just, you know, the like assigned tasks or, you know, kind of helpful things here and there. But and I thought, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I just wasn't into it. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to do online business management. And I was still doing events. I still had a couple of events I was doing, but I completely pivoted my business to do online business management. And I told an old, uh, an old client of mine, Oh, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you're hired. No questions asked. And then within a couple of weeks, I had like six clients. So, so there you yeah, go. There absolutely. You go. I mean, I, I literally transformed my entire business in a matter of like two weeks. Do you think you would have arrived at that solution without your, your girlfriends telling you you should be an online business manager? I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. So no. <laughs> I, you know what? It was funny. It's like, no. And well, yes and no, because... I had already reached out to some family that runs a, a small business association. And I had said, Hey, do you guys need me help? Like, I'm going to, there's, you know, me, I've always wanted to work with you. Do you need anything? They're like, yeah, we do. And they hired me. And I, and my passion, even when I was with events is like, is I love helping mm-hmm. people with my skill set, And so that's what I love doing is helping small businesses and entrepreneurs with my skill set. And I've volunteered um, for a handful of charities throughout the years and like my pipe dream is like nonprofit housewives where I can literally, but like using my skill set of what I do, event planning, fundraising, and all of this, and like knowing how to build out sponsorship decks and all those things. And like those types of skills aren't just like for events. Like it's, I'm doing a retreat for a client this upcoming weekend. And it's even just like how to get things for free from brands, you know, that yeah. want to support or things along those lines. So I think that's what people kind of forget. Like how can the skills that you had at your old job or your current job, like where, where are the holes that you're not filling that you really could broaden your horizons with the skills that you actually have, because they get so pigeonholed in into like what they're doing that they don't realize that like they can expand their services or do other things without, you know. So even, even a more basic question, Mm -hmm. how do you know what you're good at? How does someone who is having a career change or just getting out of college or like, how do you even begin? Because I mean, for me, like I always knew I was creative, but I was an art major and an art history major. And I had a huge crisis of self because I didn't consider myself a quote unquote artist because I didn't have a sketchbook full of ideas. And I didn't feel like I needed to spend 18 hours in the studio trying to make this like painting come to life because that just wasn't my style. So I had a real like identity conflict. But as soon as you gave me a prompt or an assignment, I had a million ideas. I could run with it. So falling into graphic design and really falling into brand design was kind of a happy accident because it was this great blend of, we need to visually creatively solve this problem. And like, once I knew that that was my skill set, 
I'm like, oh, we're off to the races. But that's what I'm doing in every aspect of my service offerings. That's what we do with social media. That's what we do with packaging design. That's what we do with merchandise design, creative direction, photo shoots, video shoots, gift design. All of that fits that same like skill set of how do we visually creatively solve this problem? It's like, then that's the superpower. So if you're someone who's like, I don't know what I'm good at, like, shoot, where do you even start? Michelle, I literally, I literally, I'm not kidding. I wish I had it. I wrote a list and it says things I'm good at doing. I'm not kidding. Like, I literally wrote a list. It's it's in a journal or something somewhere. And it was like, oh, you know what? I think it might be on my computer. But anyway, I wrote, it was like two pages long of little things of like staying organized, keeping calendar. I'm like habitually on time to like, I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at problem mm-hmm. solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wrote it all down. I always think there's an episode of friends. You don't watch friends. Huh? No, sorry. <sighs> uh, well, for the people listening, the episode of friends where they tell Chandler, Chandler takes a, an aptitude test and it's mm-hmm. um, to do exactly what he's already doing. Right. So, you know, it's just kind of funny. Like, to write all these things down, but I also think you write down what you procrastinate and what you don't like doing ah. because the things you're procrastinating, you're procrastinating because there's something about it that you don't feel fully confident to do. There's something about, um, you know, even sometimes when a new client reaches out and I procrastinate on getting back to them, it's because I'm not either fully ready to say no to them or I feel bad saying no to them. And I don't have like or you don't have the them. systems or the proposals or the templates already in place to be able to fire that off in two seconds. Yes, exactly. And um, I think that that's where there can be a really easy way to dial down like what you're good at. And, mm-hmm. and like, you know, LinkedIn has this whole thing where you can like add in your skills, right? Like, and you mm-hmm. can take little quizzes. And I just think those are helpful, but look at what you're good at and look at what you like doing. Mm-hmm. And then back it out that way, because that's, you know, that's where I kind of laugh about my job too, is I say that I do things that people don't like doing, like, yeah. because, you know, like my client, let's say who's a lawyer, I help her with social media and she's like, no interest, right? She has no interest in her website. And I think too, there tends to be the technical people don't want to do the creative and the creatives mm-hmm. don't want to do the technical. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much a mix. right in the middle of that. And I think that's a, that's a huge skill set that I have. Yeah. And I was lucky that I learned graphic design. I'm not a graphic designer, but I learned graphic design basics and let's keep it real. Canva's like the end all be all right now. Canva's the best. But I was using InDesign at my old job in, in Illustrator in designing a bunch of things for them. And that was a huge added bonus for what I'm able to do now for my clients. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think, I think you can also in that list of like, what do I like? And what do I not like? Do you like working late nights? Do you like waking up at six in the morning? Do you like catching up on the weekend? Mm -hmm. Or do you really want to be that person that's like on your computer for four hours a day, and then you peace out? Uh, That's where I'm trying to get to like selfishly, not even selfishly, optimistically with my business, I'd like to get to the point where I have enough of a leadership capacity that everyone knows on my team knows what they're doing Monday morning without me having to get into my email. Like that without having to log into Basecamp, everyone knows what they're working on because we've been here, we've done this, there's a process, there's a system. And instead of me saying, okay, here's the task, go execute it. They say, here was the goal. Here are the tasks that I've created for myself to execute on it. Can I get a thumbs up? Like, do I have a green light? And I want to be like, green light, go. Yes. Like, yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's a growing pain in itself as well. Right. Of kind of getting, getting to that level. But I'm really thinking of the person listening to this podcast as someone who's like in that pivot or in that sticky point where they're like, God, I don't even know what I would offer to someone or how I would be of value yet. Right. Um, and identifying those superpowers, but also identifying the lifestyle that you want. I think you and I both have prioritized lifestyle Oh yeah, huge. to the nth degree, to the nth degree. And now in my calendar with the dinner parties, like this to me, I've been hosting dinner parties for the last six months for my friends. I've got a huge table in my house. I love to cook. And for me, I put that on my calendar before anything else now, because I'm like, screw that. I want to have great relationships with my friends, with my neighbors. I want my friends to bring their friends because that like recharges my creative batteries and it gets me off of my screens 
off of the screens because that is to me the biggest energy suck is like being on the computer every day and like doing everything through the computer through the screens so it's like how do i counterbalance that with something that's not digital right golf that's why i'm getting you into golf and, and that's like, why you're getting me into golf yeah yep and and you know and even yesterday i was with my golf instructor and he's like do you want to go to cabo and i was like when yeah and he goes april <laughs> and i'm like yeah and so he sends me the info and and it's just little things like this is Number one, having the freedom. And that's why, we, right? No one becomes an entrepreneur because they're like, I'm really excited to like work for myself because you are, but you're scared, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's like, you do become an entrepreneur because you want to work for yourself, but it's also like, you're the health insurance person now too, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're all those things, but that is the thing that you do. It's just like, it's an insanity, right? It's mm-hmm. becoming an entrepreneur because you want to work for yourself, but you want to have that flexibility and freedom. And that's where in the beginning, yeah, you're going to have to work your ass off sometimes and you're going to have crazy weeks and you're going to, you know, we were talking about like, yeah, I'm going to work till 9 PM, three, four days in a row because I'm going to be out of town for four days for a client event. Exactly. I'm going to be working all weekend to make sure everyone else is good to go. But you know what? If I want to go to Cabo for five days in April, I'm going to go to Cabo for five days in April. Right. Because that's why we do this in the first place. It's why I take my dog on on a walk every day out on the beach because that's why I'm paying a premium for an apartment in Southern California. It's like I work my patootie off and I want Mm -hmm. to enjoy what I've worked hard for. And I'm not going to expect that it comes to me easily. That doesn't mean that I get to do everything whenever I want. But there are times where you're like, yeah, it's a grind. And like, just because it's work doesn't mean that it has to be hard work, but it does take effort. And it's like about creating the life that you want to make for yourself and then make the business fall into line. Like that's, I think I I have my parents to credit for that because growing up, my dad worked a full-time job until I was about 12. He worked in a marketing department for like a software company. My mom was stay-at-home mom. And then my mom kind of had this interior design hobby and somebody said, oh, I'll I'll pay you to do that at my house. And she was like, what? And so that was her (laughs) first client. And I remember going to work with my mom at like 12, 13, 14 years old and work because I didn't, I didn't really, my, I just knew that my dad went to an office. I didn't know what he did every day, but he would go, he'd leave in the morning and he'd come home at night and he'd be exhausted. And then he'd stay up and he'd be working and until he'd do the whole thing again tomorrow. And I, at 12, didn't know that he hated it um, until he quit. And my mom, on the other hand, was like, oh, this is work. I wake up, I do my workout. I go meet a client. I go to Home Goods. I get my nails done. I go to another store. I go to the fabric store. I come back. I answer emails. Yeah. And that's my it. work day. And I was like, goals goals, 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 goals. She bought herself a red convertible. I will always remember like sitting in the like lambskin sheep Sherpa, like covers in the convertible top down. And I'm like, this is living. Like, this is what I want. (laughs) This is what I like. And so for me, like in college, even though I didn't set out to start my own business, I think it's so natural that I felt there because I took one internship at the museum And I'd be sitting in my internship being like, okay, I don't have anything to work on. And I don't have any permission to work on anything other than what I've been assigned. So I just have to wait. I'm just going to sit here. At my internship, I I worked for a a local news station. That happened. And I would watch Ellen and Oprah every day before I could go home. Yeah. Because I had nothing to do. Or if you have a headache and you're like, damn, I really wish I could take a nap right now, but I can't leave because I'm here on this internship. Like, so that... Knowing that if I could be in control of my income and be in control of my clients, I could have that kind of freedom. That to me is everything. everything. I totally agree. And that was like, you know, honestly, my, this was kind of, I loved my old job. And I think part, it was a nonprofit though. And part of like my goal when I left is like in my first year of business, I just want to make more money than I did at that job. And I did. And I was like, you know what? Good for me. Like I was really proud of myself. I worked really hard, but like you said, you know, I want that flexibility and freedom as well. And as I mentioned before, that's kind of like where those boundaries come in too, of being like, I I had to stop feeling guilty because I would like go golf on a Wednesday and I'd have a client text me and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to respond to them within two minutes. Right. Or I'll say, and I do this a lot. I say, would you please email me that? Yeah. Would you please email that to me? Because it's boundary setting. Yeah. It's boundary setting. And, but also it's like, I'll tell them like, I'm not in the office right now. Would you please email that to me? And, and just email me a reminder. And now I use the reminders on my phone too, which is everything, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, part of the reason that not even part, I think a lot of the reason that we are entrepreneurs is because we want that lifestyle where we can, like you said, go get our nails done in the middle of the day if we need to, or 
you know, I have three nephews and I can go pick one of them up from school and just like for two hours, just like kind of hang with the homies and then come back and get, get work done. Get your job and done. yeah. And you have that flexibility and that is one of the best parts, but you have to, as I kind of said before, is like, watch out where you're procrastinating because that's totally. what's going to, as since you don't have somebody looking, breathing down your neck the whole time, that's where you, how you can get in trouble. And believe me, I get there too. Sometimes like, especially on the holidays, it's like, ah, nobody, this, nobody needs this yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And then January has been a, just busy because everyone's like getting back into the business, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's mm-hmm. like laying their groundwork for their year. It's the old adage of like, as an entrepreneur, you're like, I'm, I'm a terrible employee and my boss is a bitch. (laughs) You're your only employee and you're also your own boss. So it's like, you have to Jekyll and hide your way through how you want to approach your work week and approach your day. And, and I think that the farther I've gotten into business, the better I've gotten at predicting like when I feel like an encroaching burnout, like when I feel like a looming dark cloud. Because yes. I know we talked about that on the last episode too, yeah. of like, because I was super burnt out with the podcast. I was like, we need to do something different. I need a break. And I took a break for eight months. Like, would mm-hmm. anyone ever recommend that? No. But yeah, it's, it's what I needed to recalibrate and say like, okay, like, no, actually, I do miss doing this. Like, actually, this was maybe a good idea. And if we tweak this and tweak that and come up with something that works, that maybe we can like try another crack at it. So, yeah. And know. I think people just get so ingrained and like, I have to do this. People expect this. This was in like, you know what? You don't, mm-hmm. you're you mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you have to do what works for you. And as long as you're, you know, doing what you you're showing up for your clients or whoever it is on a normal basis, like what you need to do for yourself is the most important thing. And like mental totally. health and stress and finding that balance. Like you definitely, I was joking with someone the other day. It's like, I feel like, you know, Mondays, and Tuesdays, I'm like, oh my, I just, I get exhausted. And then by Wednesday and Thursday, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like I already got everything done. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or you just, you know, you have your to-do list and that's one thing is people aren't organized. So they need to get themselves organized, whether you want to write it down on paper, you have a Google sheet, you're using ClickUp, like it doesn't matter. Just find what works for you and be organized because once you're organized, you realize one, you either have a lot to do or two, you have a lot to do, but it's manageable. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help you decide how to move forward with like prioritizing and, you know, but what on makes every, the most sense every facet whatever. of your life on every facet, everything, from a social facet, physical, mental, emotional, yeah. like there's so many ways to look at that. And I think business owners, like it could be really overwhelming and especially in, the, in kind of like the hustle and grind culture to like want to put all that mm, effort into work. So that's what that. it is for me. Yeah. That's totally how it is for me where if, if I'm swamped, I'm still putting my clients projects at the priority over my own like yeah. mental fitness, like my physical fitness, like all, like those start to, to go by the wayside, which like mm-hmm. is so stupid because if those two things run out, then I can't actually do my job. If I don't keep take care of myself and I don't take care of my my creativity and like make sure that I give myself time to rest, I actually can't do the job that I'm sacrificing those things for. So it's so backwards, but it's so it just know that like even eight years into business or yourself, you're at the four-ish years mark. Are you three, four, three? Two. Not even that you're long. only two? Yeah. Even yeah. then, even then that this is still a problem that happens and it's still like something that everybody grapples with, right? Everybody's dealing with it on all kinds of levels, but it's, it's all good stuff. I have to ask you. But sometimes you need to just like leave your house and go get a massage and then come back and be like, great, now I'm going to get this done. Okay. What were you going to have to ask, man? It just sounds juicy. The the question I have to ask is because our new tagline is that we're building bragworthy brands, bragworthy asterisk TM copyright. It's not copyrighted, but let's pretend. Um, what do you think makes for a bragworthy experience? How do you create a bragworthy experience for your clients? I think, again, back to like the clarity and communication is like, as long as I know what they need and I can get it to them and they're like, this is kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And it's like quick turnaround. I mean, even the other day I had someone go, hey, I know this is super last minute. Is there any way you can do this like today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you, I would have to say no, but I was like, yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. When I hear like, don't worry, I got it. Like I hear that in your voice when I'm in my oh, really? doing. Yes. Yeah. When I'm doing my own work <laughs> and something it. is like, 
yeah, don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah, no, it's done. Good. Got it. I like hear that in that's the voice that plays in my head. I feel like you're the got it done kind of gal. And I, I like to be, you know, sometimes I feel like I was laughing. I sent out a, a reminder to my clients. I'm going to be out of office next week. And four of them responded with something they each needed. And this is, this is on a Monday, right? So I like almost want to bang my head against the wall. And I was just like, no, it's fine. And guess what? Like everything I said, I responded. I was like, you'll, you'll have it within a day or two. That is one thing I think that really can set you up for success is being honest about when you can get things done. Totally. Because so many times we want to say, you'll have it today. And I've realized, don't say that. Like, mm-hmm. unless it's something that, you know, like that project yesterday, I was like, I had time. I was like, yeah, I'll get it done right now. But like, if it is just like an intricate thing of some sort that you owe your client in, there wasn't like a particular due date, or maybe they're just waiting on it and they check in, say, you'll have it within, give them, give them something to hold on to, to hold you to, to hold you to, mm-hmm. but don't, don't underpromise. Like I always, or don't overpromise. You always want to underpromise, overdeliver. It's like I ordered something from Nordstrom the other day, and it said it was going to take two weeks, and then it was here in like four days. And I was so excited, right? right. Like, right. But if they you told know, you it was going to take like, two days, and then it took four days, you'd be like, Ugh. four weeks, like, pissed, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's what people get worked up in is they they encroach or like in, um, encroach on their own boundaries because they're so afraid of disappointing their clients, or they're such a people pleaser that their boundaries are gone. And Mm -hmm. they're not capable of like reining it in. And then they're going to stress themselves out and drive themselves crazy. And it's like, it's like you mentioned, that's just the hole that you start where you're not working out. You're eating like crap. All these things start happening. And then you're just not productive. Uh, Golden nuggets. This is a good episode. This is a good, just like calibrate, recalibrate, audit yourself, audit your priorities, what lifestyle you want to have. These are always good things. This is what you and I get to talk about on a regular basis when we go on our walks, which I'm so thankful for. But where can everybody else find you, follow you if they choose to go the social media route or just get in touch with you because they liked what you had to say and want to hear more? Yeah. My Instagram and my website are both my name, Catherine Lamantry. Do you want to spell that for the I'm people? Sure. sure. It's <laughs> K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E-L-I-M-A-N-D-R-I. So I'm both Instagram, Facebook, and um, the website are all the same make it easy. Heck yeah. Easy peasy. Cool. Well, thanks, Catherine. And I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.